kindergarten through third grade or dismissed for junior church? If you would turn to Exodus chapter 35, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 35 this morning. Um, as you know, I'm not going anywhere, but this is my final official sermon. Next week, Pastor Mark will be here. And I'm going to challenge you, and I believe God gave me this a long time ago. I've been planning to preach this sermon as the last sermon for a while. I am not sad. I am not uh, depressed. I am not uh, like, oh, what am I going to do? I actually was on vacation a few weeks ago, and I sat down one morning and I fill the whole sheet of paper of things that I need to get done in the next year. And it's going to take me a year to get them all done. So right there, I've got a year planned already and I haven't even left yet. Uh, so anyway, and I'm still going to be, in case you don't know this yet, I am still on staff for the next five months. So I will be working with Pastor Mark and Peter and Jacob and... You know, I'm still teaching and all those other things. Still doing Sunday nights. I'll be doing that for at least five months yet. Uh, maybe longer than that. I don't know what's going to happen after that. But uh, we encourage you to come Sunday nights. We do Bible study, prayer time. Uh, Joe leads us in some of our favorite hymns. We usually we, we do that. So we have a great time in our small group on Sunday nights. I've entitled the sermon this morning, More Than Enough. And you'll understand why I chose that title. It is actually in the text. It is the, end, the last part. It's the conclusion of the sermon. But it has a subtitle. No more small potatoes. No more small potatoes. I know a little about potatoes, but there's a story, and I believe it's a real one, a true story from China many years ago, where the people grew potatoes. It was one of their main crops. Now, Maybe some of you don't know about potatoes. Uh, so let me give you a little background. When I was younger in high school, uh, in FFA, we sold seeds. You don't sell potato seeds. You sell all kinds of other seeds, but not potato seeds. You sell seed potatoes. And if you don't know this, you take a regular potato and you cut it up into small chunks making sure there's at least one eye in each of those chunks, and you actually plant that potato wedge, and then you get a new potato plant and lots of potatoes. And uh, there, each of the kinds of potatoes, there's a number of them. If you want regular potatoes for baking, you take one kind. If you want them for making French fries, you take a different kind. Mashed potatoes, a different kind. Chips, a different kind. There's all kinds of potatoes, and you plant the one you want. Whatever you plant is what grows. So if you want baking potatoes, you, I think it's russet potatoes for those, you plant those. And that's what you get. Well, in China, they, they depended on potatoes for substance. And they decided after a while, you know what? Why are we saving the big potatoes to plant for next year? Let's eat the big potatoes and plant the small potatoes. What you plant is what you get. Guess what? After a number of years, what kind of potatoes did they get? Small potatoes. Why? And my challenge is this. If we are going to do what God wants us to do, I'm challenging all of you, don't plant small potatoes. 
absolutely plant the best of your life. We're going to look at what they did in the time of Moses in the book of Exodus. But they did what God asked them to do, and they had a return on that. I'm going to challenge you, as Garden Chapel, we are unique. There's no doubt about it. You may not realize that if you come here, you go, hey, this is what church is like. But we're very unique in a lot of ways. Oh, we've got our problems and all that kind of stuff, too, of course. But we're unique because we plant some pretty big potatoes. The statistic is that uh, Christians as a whole give about 2.5% of their income to the church or to church-related activities. It's pretty pathetic. And the church as a whole spends 85% of what comes into the church for just the congregation. 15%, only 15% is used what they would call charitable things. That includes charities, missions, local outreach. Most of it's spent on ourselves. John Kennedy, when he was president, said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Unfortunately, we live in a society and a culture that says, hey, what's in it for me? What's in it? Give me something. I got to go to church. You, you need to do for me. I'm going to challenge you today. If you leave here unchallenged, it means you're sleeping. So don't sleep. Because I'm going to challenge you. Plant some big potatoes. You've been doing that. I'm going to tell you, you got nothing but to go upward if you keep doing and it's even expand from what you've done in the past. Because I believe under Pastor Mark, he's going to take you places I couldn't. People say, we'll never find a pastor like you. And I'm like, good. Praise the Lord. You don't want another pastor like me. I've never tried to be anybody I'm not. And I don't think Pastor Mark is going to try to be anybody he's not. He's going to be different than me. I'm very different than he is. I'll guarantee you we sat down and talked. He is the opposite of me in a whole lot of different ways. But here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. See, with Moses, he was the spokesman. And Moses said, God said, I want you to do this. And they followed Moses. But we're going to make it very clear, the scripture does, that it's not a contribution to Moses. It's not about Moses, even though he's the point man. It's about the Lord. So, don't think here. Think here. Different pastor? Absolutely. But that's not the point. The point is, it's not a pastor you serve. And that's not the main thing. It's the Lord you serve. That's a much, much, much higher goal. That's what I want to encourage you in that direction. But a humorous story or two about potatoes. My grandfather decided, and he used to plant a big patch of potatoes, and he decided that a good activity for his grandsons was to come to his house and pick potatoes. We did this every year. Now, I remember, and I'm old enough to know, that my great-grandparents still had a team of horses. I was very young, 
but they still had a team of horses, and they had a potato plow, and the horses would plow up the potatoes. Later on, the horses were gone, then we used a little Ford tractor. But the grandsons and cousins, well, the, my brothers and I and my cousins all got together to pick potatoes. You know how long it takes to get bored for a bunch of kids picking potatoes? Not very long. And you know what happens, don't you? A potato goes flying across the field, and then the next thing is another grandkid throws the potato back, and after a while it's chaos. Grandpa had a saying, one boy, good boy, two boys, a half a boy, three boys, no boys. And he was pretty much right, because it, it deteriorated very quickly. But the point is, potatoes are something that's important, and what you plant is what you get. I'm going to challenge you as Garden Chapel, as individuals, make sure you plant the good potatoes because that's what God wants from this church and that's what he wants from you. In Exodus chapter 35, and that's where we are, verse 4, Moses said, spoke to the congregation of the sons of Israel saying, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded saying, take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, bronze, and he goes on and gives a whole list of materials. That's not our point. We're not building a tabernacle. We're building a ministry. And he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make a contribution a contribution is not something where somebody puts a gun to your head and says, pay up or I'm going to shoot you. Pay up or you're in big trouble. No, a contribution is described by what follows. Whoever is of a willing heart. Later on it's going to say their heart was stirred in them. But a contribution is something that is not demanded or required. It's something you choose to do. Anybody that gets their arm twisted to do something, they're going to do it half-heartedly. No, God doesn't want half-hearted service. He doesn't want you to give. Oh, man, I guess I ought to give. I guess CAP, Capital Area Pregnancy Center, uh, is doing a good job, so maybe I ought to give something. No! It's like, no, that is a great opportunity. I want to be a part of that. Some of you could go there and be a counselor, but she just mentioned they need counselors. You know, some of you got more money and you could give so they can provide more services. Some of you are going to give diapers and, and clothes, I think this afternoon, right? It's a, this afternoon, yeah. Uh, this afternoon, so that they can do that. You know what? You may not have a lot of money and you may not have a lot of time, but you have one or the other, or you have some other ability. God expects you to use it for his glory. Notice it's not for Moses. He's just the, he's just the point man. He said of a willing heart. A willing heart is one that's inclined or generous. Years ago, I messed my knee up and... Um, one of the things that I was doing to rehab it was riding bike. Well, after a while, I couldn't ride bike, so I got a stationary bike. I'm going to tell you, riding bike was something I kind of actually enjoyed. Not anymore. It kills my knees. 
but back then it was to rehab my knees. And riding a bike, it was kind of fun. And then I got an exercise bike. I would get so bored and so tired in five minutes that I couldn't stand using that thing. It became a coat rack. That's what bikes and, and uh, you know, those treadmills become. They become coat hangers. You know, it, it's a coat hanger because my heart wasn't in it. But when your heart's in something, you really do it. I can go to a tractor pull and walk all day long, and I don't really get tired. If you said, hey, you know what? You're old and retired. You ought to walk around the block. And some of you do this, so don't get discouraged. But, man, after about two minutes of walking, I'm going, this is ridiculous. You know, my heart's not in it. But when you have a willing heart, you do it because you choose to do it and you want to do it and you enjoy doing it. And that's what he's saying here. And he says, you, you have a willing heart. It comes from the inside out. I challenge you. Don't go through the motions. Oh, you'll still give the money and you might still do the job. But do it from the heart. That's what God wants. It's what he's always wanted. He doesn't want the outside. Oh, that comes with it. But it starts on the inside and goes out. That's what he wants. And he wants you to use what you have. See, the first part is resources. Gold and silver and bronze and linen and wood and spices and oil and all those things that are mentioned there. Those are things that you can give. But it doesn't stop there because you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not rich. I don't have a lot. I barely get my bills paid. He doesn't stop there. Look at verse 10. Let every skillful man among you come and make all the Lord has commanded. You see, some people can give resources. Other people can do things. It says those that are skillful. And it says that this is a wise-hearted person. Literally. It's that same thing. I use my hands, my feet, my, my, my skills from the same kind of thing. From the inside out. It's a wise-hearted person. That's somebody who has an ability and uses it. It's the kind of the same as a wise person. A wise person is one who knows the truth and carries it out. A fool knows the truth and doesn't carry it out. See, God says whatever you have, use it. It doesn't matter what it is. 26 years ago, the building you're sitting in didn't exist. I think it's a great testament to Garden Chapel. We had a general contractor, and I'm going to tell you, the manager that was on the, on the site... He was a nervous wreck. Because you know what we decided to do? We had breakouts. We said that we will put the shingles on. We will put the brick on the front. We will put the siding on it. We will excavate the place. We'll put the carpet in. We'll build the, the, the wood in the front here. We'll paint the whole building. So you don't have to do it. Now, the, the contract said, if we don't get it done, they have the right to hire somebody to do it. And his concern was that we wouldn't get it done. I want to tell you, let me go back 25, 26 years. 
We astounded this guy. We literally were pushing them. When they put the, the, the roof on and we were ready, they said they'd be done. They weren't done. We went up there and helped them put the tar paper on because they were behind. We were actually pushing them. In three days' time, uh, it was a Thursday. I started putting some shingles over here with a couple of guys just to get it started. Started the other side. By Saturday, there were 50 people showed up to put the shingles on this roof. By 3 o'clock, we were stumbling over each other because it was already done. I put on about three shingles because I was the straw boss for that job. I, all I did was go around and help people get their, do their job. In less than a day's time, all these shingles were on, and there are a lot of shingles on this roof. The point is, they work together. Not a single person was saying, oh, it's hot out here, I don't feel like work." No, they had a willing heart. Same thing happened. Uh, all this woodwork up here was made in my shop. People came and helped. The carpet was put in. We had 25 people in one day putting the carpet in. One guy and his brother painted the whole building. You name it, I could go over all of these things. People had a willing heart. People gave. We paid the mortgage off in six years. Six years. Paid the whole thing off. People gave sacrificially. Other people gave. We put the utilities in. People took off work. They took their vacation and put the utilities in. And they, they did all these things. You know what? I don't want that to be history, folks. I don't want it to be history. I want it to be here and now and in the future. That's what God is looking for, people with a willing heart. I pray that there's a challenge in this sermon that we're not going to start planting small potatoes, but plant big potatoes. Hey, our church is not a church that gives 15% to charity, local outreach, and missions. It's way beyond that. Pastor Mark does the same thing up in North Leverett. I pray that you will continue to do that same thing. Because God didn't say, go into the congregation and bring the gospel. No, we're here to hopefully equip you, encourage you, teach you but to go out. Some of you can give. Some of you he may call to go, and we have a few of those. We may have more. But you know what? It requires everyone to do it. So you can never say, well, let the other people do it. Because there were people who could give. There were people who could do. And they both worked together. Continuing on, let's go down a little further. Verse 20. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence. Everyone whose heart was stirred, whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and holy garments. And all those whose heart moved them, both men and women, brought all the things they had. And it says the jewelry. Where'd they get that? When they left Egypt, they plundered the place. And they didn't force people to give. The people just, I don't know why, they just gave them 
jewelry and gold and all that kind of stuff when they left. I don't know. I think it was good riddance, but I, I have no idea why they did that. God must have done that, but it was the provision for the future. And they didn't say, oh, this was given to me. I'm going to keep it as mine. No, they planted some big potatoes. And they did. And it says, whose heart was stirred. When I think about this, when you paint, get a paint can. You know what? You don't open a paint can and start painting, right? First thing you do is you open the lid and you stir it. Because unless you stir it, the paint is worthless because the, the stuff on top doesn't cover anything and the stuff on the bottom is like putty. You know, you have to stir it before you can use it. And the thing is, it says their hearts were stirred. They were lifted up. They were inclined to be generous. And they were moved to do something. I pray that that is who we are. And it goes on to say in verse 24, everyone who could make a contribution, and then it goes on to mention that. But here's what it says. And the skilled women spun with their hands. You don't want me sewing. You might want me to fix the lawnmower or preach a sermon or teach a Sunday school class. You don't want me sewing. That would be a disaster. You see, because I can't do all of those things. There are people heading to Massachusetts right now because their backs are still strong. Some of you go, there's no way I'm going to help move furniture. And you shouldn't. Right? Because you, you, you just shouldn't. Because you'll be in the hospital. Some of you can drive the bus and some of you can't. Some of you can teach teenagers and some of you go, they would... Well, there'd be dead teenagers everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, you know what? The thing is, none of us are the same. You go, yeah, but I really don't have any skills. And, and I don't have much money. When you came in here today, did you walk up to somebody and you want to shake their hand and say, how's it going in your life? How can I pray for you? You go, does that count? You better believe it does. Absolutely. You see, none of you get out of here this morning without a challenge to plant some big potatoes. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your personality is, what your resources are. Every single one of us has something to contribute. And remember... It's not because we have a new pastor. And it's not because it's Garden Chapel. That's too low. Oh, those things count. Don't get me wrong. The Lord's contribution. That's always what it is. And every single one of us has something different. That's why I always say, I, I've been to... And I've got criticized for this. I've probably been to three pastor conferences. Sorry, folks, but I have never been able to do that in 34 years. It doesn't work. I either come home so totally mad or I come home totally depressed. I, I, I never come. It's like in some cases I'm like, I must be the lousiest pastor who ever lived. In other cases, I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I'm just, that's me. You know what? Because I'm just weird. I know that. 
but I don't fit in those, those situations. I just know who I am. And I know I don't fit. So I do what I can do. I don't know. Pastor Mark may play golf. I don't know if he plays golf or not. He may like to go for breakfast and have breakfast and coffee. I'm going to tell you, folks, I don't do those things. But if your car doesn't work and you call me, I'm going to come and help you fix it. Or if, if your house is something wrong, I'm going to come and help you. Your lawnmower doesn't work. Hey, bring it over. Let's look at it. You know, or whatever it is. That's me. But that's not going to be Mark. Mark told me I'm not a hands-on guy. So I may not be the pastor, but I'm going to still fix the stuff. The fact is, I have a list a year long of stuff that needs to be done just on this property. You know what? The point is, it's the Lord's contribution. So big potatoes. Because they were able to go forward. But it doesn't stop there. And I need to make this start going a little quicker. Because in verse 30, he called one person by name. His name was Bezalel. And uh, there was also another guy. He called them and said, these guys know what they're doing. They are skilled craftsmen. And he doesn't stop there because verse 34, he says, he put in their heart to teach the other people. So if God has given you an ability, he expects you to use it, not just for yourself and your own ministry, but he expects you to turn around and multiply yourself. It's exactly what he did with these guys. There were two of them. He said, these guys are to turn around and teach other people, that's verse 34, that they can do the same thing. Yeah, there are people that are more skilled and better at doing what they do than you are. You might be very good at one or two things, but there's a whole lot of other things you're not good at. Did you ever notice it's not a, not a big thing, but nobody has ever asked me to sing on the praise team. I wonder why. Will's back there laughing at me. Yeah, you don't want me on the praise team, but I can sure appreciate the praise team. You know, I appreciate a lot of things you do. By the way, they don't ask me to work in the nursery. I guess I could do that if I had to, but I don't think you want me there. Or the toddlers, or you name it. You know what? That's not me. But I'll tell you what, some people in this congregation would never stand up here. Makes you nervous, doesn't it? <laughs> I noticed, I know you. You the early service you were up here, I could hear the quiver in your voice. You know what? Everybody's different. God gives us different skills, different abilities, different resources. Plant big potatoes. And don't say, Pastor Paul's retiring so we can slack off. No, 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 no. Do like we did and have done in the past. Yeah, you can save probably $500,000 on a building because you put in the work. And we really did. I mean, people, people donated the use of heavy equipment. By the way, that was really fun for me. I would get up, literally, I was only 45 years old back then. That's 26 years ago. I, was four, I would get up 5 o'clock every morning, study for two and a half hours, come over here, work on whatever I was working on, and I got to operate bulldozers and 
backhoes and you name everything you can think of. In That's better than Hershey Park. Somebody said, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, you go to Hershey Park and you pay. I get to come here and this is way more fun than Hershey Park for me. Give me a skid loader. Give me a backhoe. Man, that's fun. You know what? Not everybody can do that. But God's given me the ability to do that. And I like doing that. You see, it comes from the heart. And I pray that's what you will be doing. We've done it in the past. You can do it when Pastor Mark is the point man. Not Moses, Pastor Mark. You can do it. I expect things from this church that I've never seen in the 34 years I've been here. I expect that. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But you're going to decide if you plant big potatoes or not. That's the way it is. Okay. I got six minutes left, so I got to keep going. But I want to point out one other thing. It makes it very clear that it wasn't just men because in verse 24 it says everyone who could make a contribution did it. Verse 25, the skilled women spun. Verse 27, the rulers, who probably had more than other people, they brought some pretty expensive stuff. And then in verse 30, uh, 29, the Israelites, all the men and women, notice, this is gender bi- isn't gender biased. It's not young. It's not old. It's none of those things. It is everybody. Whose heart moved them, they brought the materials, as the Lord had commanded through Moses, to bring a free will offering. Not because somebody twisted your arm, but because you know that's what God wants you to do. And so they got together and they had the leaders, the leaders taught, and everybody worked together to bring it about. And now we go to chapter 36. Because they performed a work, they were constructing it, whose heart was stirred, um, contributed, and continuing on, they continued in verse 3, um, they received from Moses, this is the workman, from Moses all the contributions. So the contributions must have been brought to one place. Moses distributed them back out. Uh, and uh, they constructed the sanctuary. And they still continued to bring him free will offerings every morning. So they started out, the work is going on, and they keep bringing, they keep working. It's not a Uh, a closed-end thing. And all the skilled men who were performing the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work which he was performing, and they said to Moses, now these are the workmen, they go back to Moses and said, Moses, uh, the people are bringing more than enough for the construction which the Lord has commanded us to perform. More than enough. There is no pastor that wouldn't give his right or left arm to be able to stand in the pulpit and say, hey, folks, you can back off. You're bringing too much. You're doing too much. I have never once heard a pastor say that. I wish we could. Do you know what? That's what happened here. Notice it said they were bringing more than enough for the construction. And so Moses, verse 6 issued a command and a proclamation. A command and a proclamation. Man, he's really making it 
solid there. He says that were circulated through the camp saying, let no man or woman any longer perform work for the contributions of the sanctuary. Thus the people were restrained from bringing any more. For the material they had was sufficient, abundant, and more than enough for all the work to perform it. Think about that. Everything they needed was provided. But it wasn't because of Moses. It wasn't because of leaders. It wasn't because of men. It wasn't because of women or young or old. It was because everyone allowed the Lord to stir their mind and to make them generous and to contribute. I challenge you. It's a new chapter in Garden Chapel. No doubt about that. No doubt about it. New chapter? Yeah, it was a new chapter for Israel. God said, I want to dwell among you in a tent. But you have a part to play. So don't look back. Look ahead. Plant big potatoes. Let's all stand.